All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy! You want thingamabobs? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. We This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is David Dollar, and this is the Magic on a Dollar podcast, the 30th episode. So we've reached 3-0 in our little quest to talk about magic for 33 episodes. So we are here, and uh, you know, it's a Disney conversation in a podcast form. We've got a lot of news to get to, a lot of things to talk about. So let's just dive right in for years now, we have talked about Star Wars coming to Hollywood Studios. We got our name on it sometime, I think, late last year, called Galaxy's Edge. That's what it's going to be called. So we know it's coming to Hollywood Studios sometime in 2019. It'll be at Disneyland. It'll be Disney World. What we knew was that you know we would have two rides in a 14-acre land, both in both places. One ride will let you pilot the Millennium Falcon. The other will be a battle between the Resistance and the First Order. It's going to take place on a planet called Batu. Disney has introduced this to planet to visitors on Star Tours during the uh, the release of The Last Jedi, so we knew what Batu actually was. Disneyland, Galaxy's Edge, is actually going to be north of the Rivers of America between Critter Country and Fantasyland, and of course it's going on the old Streets of America site in Hollywood Studios. Now, what we did not know is when it was going to open. We had suspected Disneyland would open sometime around you know, early to late May of 2019, and we had heard that Disney World would open sometime maybe summer. Well, Disney has now officially given us the narrower windows. So we have windows that are a little bit smaller. We don't have official dates yet, but windows that are a little smaller. Disneyland will be opening in summer of 2019 and Walt Disney World in late fall. So that's what we know so far about uh, opening. Of course, there was this big thing Disney had announced a couple of days ago about Star Wars opening up 2019. And uh, the travel windows doesn't really help me out a ton because uh, we kind of knew when they were going to open, but late fall kind of tells me probably October, maybe November, maybe to really cash in on that uh, Christmas time, uh, Christmas time rush there for Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and I've had a lot of people, and of course, I am a Disney travel planner. I work for Paradise Falls Travel Company, and uh, uh, Magic on a Dollar Travel Planning is my business. And so you can uh, you can message me, Magic on a Dollar at gmail.com and let me know your travel needs. So shameless plug there. So we had known about about Star Wars coming in 2019, and I've had a lot of people message me and ask me about it and about when they should go. And people tell me, "Oh, we'll just go in 2020 when, you know, when the crowds die down some, and maybe it's not so busy." Let me just tell you, the crowds are going to be there. It's going to be nuts, regardless of what you think, what you do. It's going to be crazy for quite a while. Case in point, Mind Train opened up what five, six years ago now, four years ago now this week, and. The wait times for that are still anywhere hour, hour and a half on a regular day. Uh, Pandora opened up last year around this time, and flight of passage wait times are still over two hours, three and four hours on busier days. So it's been a year now, and it's still a flood of people going there. Toy Story Mania has been open for 10 years now, so you go there at Hollywood Studios, and you go straight there, and if you're not there at the very opening of the park, the rides are, the lines are still somewhere around, I don't know, hour, hour and a half wait time. So... You know, I don't know that I would plan my entire vacation around when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will slow down because you might be waiting till about 2025, if that. So I would look to plan your vacation when you're going to plan your vacation. Don't plan it around a ride. Don't plan it around an attraction. It's okay to plan it when uh, when Star Wars is open. That's fine. But don't decide, let's just, let me just plan my, my trip, my Disney World trip or Disneyland trip, you know, when the crowds die down because the crowds are not going to die down for quite 
a while. Just understand that and just expect that. So uh, over at Epcot, the Candlelight Processional dates have been announced, and really there's not a whole lot to report on that other than it will start on November 22nd and go through December 30th. And, of course, if you don't know what that is, that is the the choir will be singing some Christmas songs. You'll have special storytellers out there telling the story of Christmas from the Bible itself. It's holiday cheer all throughout Epcot, and it's a lot of fun. It's a must-do for a lot of Epcot guests. I've been there several times. Usually they have a celebrity narrator, Neil Patrick Harris or Patricia Heaton or, you know, I've seen Jody Benson uh, from, from Disney, uh, one of the voices of Disney. I've seen her there. and uh, So it's it's a lot of fun opening up on Thanksgiving this year, November 22nd, and running through December 30th. That is the Candlelight Processional. Over at Disneyland, last summer they introduced something called the Disney Max Pass. It was a paid service that allowed you to make your FastPass reservations ahead of time or from your smartphone, uh, and it would also give you free PhotoPass downloads, uh, $10 per person per day, so a family of four would be like 40 bucks. Well, the way it worked is you had to go there and do it when you got there. You had to download it when you got there, or you had to reserve your rides when you got there. However, if you're at one of the three hotels of the Disneyland Resort, that is Disneyland Hotel, the Grand Californian, or Paradise Pier, or you're in one of the Good Neighbor Hotels, which are the surrounding hotels in that area, you can now add Max Pass to your reservation for $10 per day per person ahead of time. Guests may choose a two, three, four, or five-day Disneyland Resort hopper and a one or a one-park-per-day ticket to your vacation package. Now, everybody on the reservation has to have the same thing, but you can now add Max Pass to your package ahead of time, which is kind of a big deal because now you don't have to wait ahead of time. You can actually get that on there early and first, which is kind of cool. Final bit of news here. New Disney patent reveals the development of a Westworld-style virtual narrative system for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Bringing it back to Star Wars again. Now, this is off of WDW News Today. A recent patent filed by Disney points to the development of a procedural system for emergent narrative construction. Basically, this technology allows for the creation of a narrative by inputting data and letting the system construct the narrative. Of course, we have a, a Star Wars hotel coming. We don't know exactly all the details, but the hotel itself will give you a Star Wars story. You go in there for a couple of nights, and you're given a name, you're given all the details, and you basically are able to be a part of a Star Wars story in that hotel. Okay, so it looks like the way it's going to work is you kind of just type in your details and what you're looking for, and the system will kind of work out the story for you. It's kind of like a, and as the article put it, like a chipotle for virtual narration. You choose your meat, beans, and filling to make your burrito, only here you choose this concept and that narrative and that narrative to make your complete story. Whether they will use the technology, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be used in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge if it actually comes out. You have to understand, Disney does a lot of patents, a lot of patents for a lot of things. Sometimes it's things they want to do. Sometimes it's things they don't actually do until later, uh, later on down the road. And other times I think they just get the patent, they hold on to it just so other people can't have it. And maybe they do something with it, maybe they don't. But to have a, a, a computer narrative system, almost like a Westworld-style system in Galaxy's Edge is pretty cool, but pretty scary. Because I've watched Westworld, and I know that uh, that things don't always go great when you, ever, you give artificial intelligence to robots and let them think on their own. That might be a bad thing. Who knows? This week in Disney history, and I got to mention some of these things because this is a big week. It's it's Memorial Day weekend, it's Memorial Day week. So, happy Memorial Day, and thank you very much to all those who have served and all those who are serving, and to all the families who have sacrificed and everything. Memorial Day is something that I don't forget. I don't want to take for granted. Not just at a barbecue or, uh, you know, while I'm eating pork and beans, I do want to remember that there are people making sacrifices all over the world to allow us to do it do with freedom what we do. So, thank you for that. Let me just throw that in there. Um, 1993, this week in Disney history, Tower of Terror groundbreaking 
opening began. Uh, they started opening the Tower of Terror. They started working on the Tower of Terror. One year later, Disney's Wilderness Lodge opened up at Walt Disney World. It's uh, It's got this huge 80-foot-tall fireplace in the lobby, and it's like a mile away from the Magic Kingdom. You can take a, a boat from the Magic Kingdom. It's one of my favorite resorts. I love uh, I love Wilderness Lodge and just how cool it looks. Also, this week in Disney history, in 2014, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train opened up at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom Park, and basically it was the cornerstone and the final part of this multi-year, four- or five-year makeover of Disney's uh, Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland. So it kind of ca- it kind of capped off new Fantasyland for Walt Disney World. So, uh, so that's been open now for four years, and uh, it's still busy. Like I said with Star Wars... You know, the Galaxy's Edge and the Millennium Falcon and all that. Don't just decide, hey, I'll just wait till the crowds die down. Four years later, the crowds have not died down from Mind Trend. It's still pretty insane. Also this week in Disney history, in 2009, Up was released. Directed by Pete Docter of Monsters, Inc., he put together this beautiful, wonderful story of, of Carl and uh, Russell and Doug, the dog, and the villainous Charles F. Muntz and everything. It's 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 gorgeous. It really, really is. And you also saw the, the teaser trailer for Story, Toy Story 3 releasing right before this movie. So Up is a wonderful, wonderful film. If you've never seen Up, what are you doing with your life? You need to go, like, after this podcast, you need to go watch that like, right now because it's it's pretty amazing. This week in Disney history as well, 1965, a Miami Herald runs the banner headline, Giant land deal near Orlando revealed. Some th- some bites from this article uh, written by staff writer Clarence Jones. 12 miles southwest of Orlando, this firm has bought 30,000 acres of a strategically located land that can become the state's largest industrial complex. It's a Miami law firm working with $5 million in cold cash, quietly engineering one of the biggest, most talked about Florida land deals in years. Now, of course, this is Walt Disney World we're talking about, but this is before people knew it was Walt Disney World. Rumor also says the Ford Motor Company plans to break into the missile and space technology at the secret site. Ford officials deny that this land purchase is Ford. Other speculations say the purchasers will offer 3,000 acres to the Atomic Energy Commission for its new National Accelerator Laboratory, then develop the remaining 27,000 acres for space-age industry. So you see how the rumors are just flying here. Still another possibility, a possibility now, is Disneyland East, a long-time planned amusement park that would be bigger and better than the original Disneyland. Walt Disney himself was at Cape Kennedy several weeks ago, but he denied that he's still considering Florida for his new ventures. Bankers and real estate brokers have been trying for months to figure out what's in the works. If anybody knows, please contact the paper because nobody is talking. Now that's important in 1965 because a couple of years later in 1967, Site preparation began in Florida on the Walt Disney World project. Swap drainage, clearing of land, and removal of of trees began this week in 1967, two years after all that article stuff came out. It will literally take 1,584 days and $400 million to opening day for Walt Disney World. And that's a lot of money back then, but consider that uh, when they did Cars Land at Disney World, Sorry, Cars Land and Disneyland, uh, when they opened up Radiator Springs and everything uh, for California Adventure, it took somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 or $3 billion. So they built an entire theme park for $400 million back in 1967 to 1971. Just insane. Just fantastic. Also, this week in 2003, Finding Nemo came out. This is where we were first introduced to Nemo and Marlin. And, of course, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Dory. That's it. Dory. So that came out in 2003. It's really like... I feel like with these Disney characters, and maybe you guys feel the same, they've always been a part of our lives. I mean, Stitch himself, the little blue guy, Stitch has only been around for like 14 years. Um, You know, Nemo and Marlin and Dory have only been around 
to do the math, 15 years now. So it's crazy that these characters are, we feel like these characters have been around forever, and they really, really haven't. I mean, I've, you know, I was in my mid-20s whenever Finding Nemo came out. You know, and he's been around that long. That's just, it's it's insane. Now, May 31st of this week in uh, 2008, Toy Story Mania opened up. One of my three favorite attractions in all of Disney World. I love Toy Story Mania. It opened up there, and... In Hollywood Studios, it's a carnival-inspired 4D attraction based on the Toy Story films. If you're a guest, you wear 3D glasses, or carnival game goggles as they're called. You ride spinning vehicles that travel through environments based on classic carnival midway games. So you'll be able to, you know, break plates with virtual 3D baseballs, and you'll be able to toss rings on virtual 3D aliens, and you'll be able to shoot virtual 3D darts onto a virtual 3D dartboard with the characters and stuff. It's a lot of fun. It's great. If you've never done it, I highly recommend you do Toy Story Mania. It is fantastic. And another sad note this week in 2012 Snow White's Scary Adventures had its last day of operation. It was an opening day Magic Kingdom attraction. Snow White was being replaced with Princess Fairy Tale Hall, a royal meet and greet area uh, which would debut in 2013 as part of the new Fantasyland that was coming. Now, Snow White's not leaving Walt Disney World. A new ride based on Disney's first animated feature is coming to Florida, as the article would say. The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is a minecart-style steel roller coaster ride scheduled to open in 2014. We've already talked about that. The last guest to ride Snow White's scary adventure is Disney fan Ben Miles. Born in 1993, he has experienced the attraction over three thousand times a little easter egg for you there if you are on the mine train as you're coming down and the end of the ride you actually look ahead you can see the 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 housing there the little area there where you where you disembark of the ride Uh, you'll pass by a little cottage and you'll see in there's audio animatronics of snow white and the dwarfs they're dancing they're singing and as you go by towards the end of the house there's the witch and she's cackling looking in the window and that's the one that was in snow white scary adventure that literally was the one that was in Snow White Scary Adventure Ride. So it's kind of a little fun thing there for you. A lot of a lot of rides that once they re- replace a ride, they will have a nod to the previous ride. And as I mentioned, of course, Toad is handing the deed over to Owl and Winnie the Pooh. You go through there. and There's, a, I believe, on the site of where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was, there was the Pooh Treehouse. The Pooh Treehouse used to be on one side. Actually, it's been moved over to the other. But you go inside the treehouse there, and there's like a little submarine carved into the wood. That's to symbolize 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And there's other attractions that have little nods to previous attractions like that. So something kind of fun there for you. Now, this is Memorial Day week, and I wanted to kind of go over something real quick. Kind of tell you a little story, if you don't mind. If you don't want to, if you don't mind pulling up a chair. And I did something in 2015 called the WDW 50 in 24. Let me set this up here now. Disney did something in 2012. I, I want to say it was 2012. I didn't do my full research on it. I apologize for not being a better host, but 2012, I believe they did a Disney Day, or they called it One More Disney Day. Because, of course, 20, 2012 was a leap year, and in that leap year, you had February 29th, which was the extra day, so they decided to do a 24-hour event in the Magic Kingdom. The park would be open for 24 hours. Now, I did not get to go to this, but I heard this was a pretty phenomenal event because you get to stay in the Magic Kingdom for 24 hours. That's insane, right? So it was a high success. It was a huge success. It wasn't anything extra. It wasn't an extra charge, but it was it was fun. So they did it a couple of times here and there, and they decided they were going to do it again in Memorial Day weekend, uh, the Friday before Memorial Day in 2015. I do believe it was something like May the 23rd, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. May 23rd, 24th, something of 20, 2015. And so I called my friend Joey, who is a fellow travel agent with me at Paradise Falls Travel Company, and we both called our good friend Corey, who actually owns the travel agency called Wish Draws. 
not withdrawals, but withdrawals. So when you're experiencing withdrawals from the wishes, you can contact withdrawals. A little free plug there for you, Corey. Uh, and he contacted a friend of his. So basically, a fearsome foursome of four dudes got the big pickup truck and went to Disney World together. We got a room at the Polynesian, and we all split a room. So we stayed at the Polynesian for three or four nights. It was like $200 a person. It was great. It was a great deal uh, for what it was because it's the Polynesian. It's the only chance I'll ever get to stay there because I am not, you know, David Dollar money bags or anything like that. Don't let the um, uh, don't let the last name fool you. Sometimes it's the only true dollar I actually have in my pocket. It's my last name, and so we decided we were going to do something called the WDW fifty and twenty four. Now to, to explain what this is is we were originally looking at the WDW forty seven. There's a site online called Parkeology, and I believe it's Park E L O G Y or E O L O G Y Parkeology. You can just sound it out. You can Google it. You can figure it out. But they have something called the WW 47. Now I don't know at that time what it was called. It may have been called the 45 or the 46. I I don't. I didn't think about. Doesn't matter. The gist is you get to ride, or you have to ride every ride in all four parks in one day, one business day, and that includes extra magic hours. So if the park, let's say Epcot's open at 8 a.m. and Magic Kingdom's open until midnight because of extra magic hours for both parks then you have from 8 until midnight to ride every single ride. You have to document it, you have to tweet them, you have to take pictures, things like that as you go to make sure it's official. Uh, You also cannot get help. So if a cast member offers you help, you can accept it, which is understandable because there might be people that would know cast members who would help them do it. It's a pretty exclusive thing. If you go online, there's a a good list of people who have done it before, but the list is not very long. When you consider how many attempts are are made on this WW47, it's pretty impressive because to do it, to do this means everything has to go right. Everything. Your timing has to be perfect. Your, your riding has to be perfect. The lines have to be perfect. So doing it on a busy day is even worse because what happens if, if an attraction shuts down in the middle of the afternoon, even if you're trucking along and it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you got 7 hours left, 6 hours left, and you know, guess what? We've only got 15 rides left. We've managed to do everything. Oh, Splash Mountain is shut down for the day? Then it's over. You're done. You can't do anything else because that's part of the ride. If there's a refurbishment going on for, say, Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that, that means you can't really do the WDW 47 because all the rides aren't open. So there are actually only windows of the year you can ride it. And on June 30th, it's going to become the WDW 49 because we'll have two extra rides. And I was actually joking with a friend of mine today that, you know, 2021, it'll be like the WDW 165 because the Tron's opening, Tron coaster is opening and the Guardians coaster will be opening around Ratatouille and blah, 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 blah. And there is a list of attractions that count on the Parkeology website. Now, I'll link to that website. It's a great little site. It's a fun little site. And it's a great challenge. It's something I've always wanted to do. It's not that I can't do it. It's that I've never been able to try. I've never been in a position where I can do it. And it's not something you can do with a family. You can't bring your kids along to the WW47 because you just can't. You have to go too fast. I would dare say two people, maybe three at the most. I would love to do it on my own just because I can walk fast and go fast and so on and so on. So knowing this, I contacted Parkeology and I said, hey, we're going to do we're going to go down there in the 24-hour day. Would you consider 24 hours being part of the WDW 47? And they responded very nicely, no, that's not it, because it's it's an extended time. Only regular park hours, including magic hours. You know, if we got lucky and the Magic Kingdom was open until 3 a.m., then, hey, we have extra time. But other than that, it is actually only truly park hour opening, regular business days. So the 24 hours wouldn't count. Also, if you were to do something like the after-hours event in Magic Kingdom, or maybe even a, a uh, Halloween or Christmas party or something where you pay for it, the Magic Kingdom closes at 6 unless you have a ticket. That doesn't count either. So it's only regular business time. But Joey and I kind of talked about it. We were like, you know what? Let's just do it anyway. we got 24 hours. Let's just do everything. Let's do 50 attractions. We made a list of 50 attractions per park. 
And so we set ourselves some little rules ahead of time. We wanted to decide what would work and what wouldn't work. We couldn't just go in and just do the cheap attractions. We couldn't say Hall of Presidents and we'll do Tom Sawyer's Island and you know maybe ride the, uh, uh, the, the Main Street trolley in the front. We'll just do those things. I mean, we wanted to make sure we got some of the big stuff. So Magic Kingdom, you know, on our list, Space Mountain, the Mine Train, uh, Jungle Cruise, uh, Big Thunder, Splash Mountain, over in, in Hollywood, Midway Mania, Star Tours, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, in Epcot, there was... Uh, Mission Space, Test Track, Soarin'. Frozen was not open at this time. Over in Animal Kingdom, we, we made sure we did Safari, the Rapids, uh, Expedition Everest, um, the big rides, the big ones. We wanted to make sure we did everything because we wanted to make sure we had some rules set up. Another rule we decided on, that we would not ask for help. We would not ask anybody for help. If a cast member offered us help, we would probably take it, to base, base, depending on what it was, but we wouldn't ask for help. Now, if a cast member came up to us and said, here is a free Fast Pass, we would take it. If they said, here's a you know, 10 free Fast Passes, I don't know that we would have. Uh, because we wanted to make sure we, we made this a little bit hard. We didn't want to just coast right through it, which is why, you know, the WDW 47 is you can't accept help at all because it is a challenge, not a, a get as many free fast passes as you can. But that was our rule, something we said set up for ourselves and wanted to make sure we did the big stuff, like I said. And so right off the bat, we decided on Animal uh, decided on Magic Kingdom first. That was going to be the first park we were going to do. Uh, it opened up at 6 in the morning, so we were there at 5. We were there ready to go. As soon as the gates opened, we went straight to Tomorrowland, and we got to ride Space Mountain, the very first ride we, we knocked out. Now, I would probably say that this was probably our very first mistake early on in the day was going to Space Mountain first because Mine Train had just opened and a flood of people were going to Mine Train. In our minds, we would go to Space Mountain, we would knock off all the Tomorrowland stuff, get that out of the way, look at Mine Train, make an assessment, and then go from there. We should have gone there first. Now, it would have cost us probably an hour, maybe even an hour and a half right off the top of the day. You don't want to start behind, but that's a major attraction. And we go ahead and knock that out, knock that beast out first. That's the newest attraction in all of the parks, probably the longest line we're going to face all day. So let's knock that beast out. We didn't. We went and did Space Mountain. I don't regret it, but I think that was one of our mistakes. So we did Space Mountain, number one. Number two, we knocked off Astro Orbiter, which is kind of difficult because if you've ever been or you're familiar with it, you know that you get in line to go into a little corral, a little gated corral thing. And then they put you in an elevator, you go up one story to the ride itself, then you're into another corral, and then you ride the ride. So it's like three different weight parts of the queue, which sometimes can take a long time. So I was like, let's go ahead and knock that out, and we did. We knocked out, knocked that off real quick. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, not hard. Tomorrowland Speedway, not hard. So we got that done. Over on uh, Mad Tea Party, which is right there close to the Speedway. So we jumped on the teacups and did the teacups. Then we did Dumbo Flying Elephant, then we did the Barnstormers, so we did that. Jumped on the railroad. We counted the railroad as a part of our attraction. So we jumped on the railroad, rode the railroad all the way around to Splash Mountain. Did Splash Mountain, which probably park opened at 6 a.m. It's probably maybe 8 o'clock in the morning by then. So we have been making good time. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, boom, 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 9, Splash Mountain. We looked at the mine train. We kept looking at the mine train, looking at the wait times, and the wait times were continually growing. Uh, 100 minutes, 120 minutes, 130, 140 minutes. We're just like, we can't do that right now. Let's let's do it tonight. Let's let that be the last Thing we do we'll hop in line around four in the morning five in the morning we'll get in line I'll let that be the last thing we do we'll come back to the magic king tonight that was our thinking mistake number two we'll come back to this we'll come back to that okay there are a few things we didn't know that we didn't know we didn't know but a few things we didn't know and so that was mistake number two for us so we'll, we'll come back to that we did uh, uh we did the railroad road all the way around to frontier land and knocked off slash mountains number nine so we figured let's go on to epcot let's hit the monorail head to Epcot. We'll start knocking on some of those. On our way out, we decided to stop by Guest Relations and get some buttons. We wanted some buttons that said hashtag WDWN24. And so we, we you know, we talked to the talked to the cast members. They were doing buttons. And it was funny because 
the cast member looked at me and looked at Joey, and Joey looks very young. He's like 30, 32 at the time. He was maybe under, just under 30. He looks like he's 16. Uh, I have lots of gray in my hair, so even though I don't think I look all that old, I, I possibly can if you don't know. And so, therefore, they asked if I was the 50 and he was the 24. Uh, although, I'm not really sure if they thought he was my son or if they thought we were together in some sort of May-December romance relationship. I really don't know. Either way, we got it. We explained it what it was and what was going on with it. And we were like, yeah, you know, this is what's happening. And, and again, our rule was we were not going to ask for help, so we didn't ask for any. We just told them what we were doing, and a cast member said, oh, well, let me give you some fast passes. Okay, well, we'll take them. We should have said, we'll take one for Mine Train. We didn't. We said, you know, let's let's do Rock and Roller Coaster because it's very busy. We get to Hollywood Studios. It's going to be busy over there, and that's one that's usually is pretty busy. Uh, what we should have said was Mine Train, or if she couldn't have done that one, maybe do Toy Story Mania or something like that because here's the thing. Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster has Single Rider. That's what we should have done. We could have done Single Rider on that instead of a Fast Pass. So made that mistake there, but she set us up with a couple of Fast Passes. I think like maybe one or two. No, I think we did Everest in, uh, or no, Collie River Rapids, Safari. We did one of the rides in Animal Kingdom, and then we did Rock and Roller Coaster at Hollywood Studios. Those were our fast passes. So we did, we left there. We got on the monorail. We actually met some other people who were doing the same thing. I don't know that they made it. I have no idea. But you got to Epcot. We did Soarin' immediately, jumped on it. Probably waited a little bit longer for that. So we did that. We did Test Track right after that. Mission Space, Ellen's Energy Adventure. This is back when it was open. 45-minute uh, attraction. So we knew that was going to take some time. So we prepared for that. So we did that one. And then we uh, we knocked on the door of Grand Fiesta Tour over at World Showcase. We did that one with the uh, Three Caballeros. Then we decided to go over to Hollywood Studios, okay? Um, so we have taken the boat to Hollywood Studios. We had not done it at Epcot, remember. We still have to do Spaceship Earth. We still have to do Journey to Imagination, Living with the Land, the Nemo and Friends ride. I have to do all those. So we divided Epcot up. We did half those Epcot. hit Hollywood Studios. Great Movie Ride was number 15. Star Tours was number 16. Then we did Muppet Vision 3D. Then we did Rock and Roller Coaster with our Fast Passes. Did Tower of Terror. And finally, we went ahead and hopped in line for Toy Story Midway Mania. We kind of divided it up. I think we rode a couple of rides separately so we could eat and uh, you know not take, too much, not take up too much time. So we did that. Okay, so now we've knocked out all of Hollywood Studios, all six rides. So we decided let's go down over to Animal Kingdom. Knock out all of Animal Kingdom. Return to Epcot. It's based on hours. Epcot was open a little bit later. Animal Kingdom back then was only open until 6 or 7, so we had to get Animal Kingdom done. And now we were under a time constraint because if they're open until 7, it's probably 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We've got four hours to knock out six rides, six attractions, and some of them are pretty popular. So we go to Animal Kingdom. Next ride is Dinosaur. We kind of do that as soon as we go in the park. And then we do Primeval World. That's number 22. Expedition Everest was 23. Did single rider on that one. That wasn't hard. Cully River Rapids was 24. And as I've mentioned before, this might be the last time I'll ever ride Cully River Rapids. I haven't ridden it since then because I feel like I'm due. I'm due to be soaked. And Cully River, for those of you who don't know, Cully River Rapids is one of those Thunder River water rides that you get in the big pontoon boat thing. It was a big circle, eight seats, you know, two per little section. Um, and it kind of bounds around and goes down a ramp and splashes and water splashes over. And there's always this part where it gets stuck under a rock or under a waterfall and one or two people get soaked. And I have done this ride previously two or three times and never gotten soaked. A little bit of water here or there, maybe on the pants leg or something and maybe a little water on my face. But otherwise, never gotten wet. And I'm due. And I am testing the Disney gods when it comes to this. And so I was ready. I'm like, I'm going to get soaked. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be horrible. But I guess, okay, let's just do it. So we did it. I only got a little bit on my shorts, a little bit of water, and that's it. Now, the lady directly across from me, I feel bad for her because she and her man were together. Uh, she's probably in her 30s, maybe early 40s. She was soaked. Uh, she was also wearing a white T-shirt, 
and she had nothing else. She had no other code or anything. And it was, it was, I'm only telling you this because it was rather amusing because everybody in the boat was looking elsewhere. We were all kind of looking around purposely not looking at her. And she was kind of sitting there trying to cover up, but she also had this expression of, what are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing you can do. She's in a boat with us with these, you know, her man and her and six other strangers for the next eight minutes. So we just sit there or whatever. And we're just kind of all looking around, just, you know, whatever. Since she got off the boat, somebody handed her a coat. She was fine. But um, I, got, I felt really bad for her. So we did that one, Collar River Rapids. Uh, Kilimanjaro Safari as well. So we did the, the evening safari. And it's around 6 o'clock. They're closing at 7. So we jumped on the safari around 6. Here's the thing. Um, I have very wide feet. My feet are very, very wide. My shoes are wide. In order, in order for me to buy and purchase a good, comfortable pair of shoes, I have to seek out shoes that are of the right size. And that size being, I call myself my, my feet trailer park feet because I have to get triple wide shoes. And as a result of that, okay, a lot of times constant walking, if I'm not ready for it, not prepared for it, which I should have been, causes high arches on my feet and causes some sort of pain on my feet. It just it hurts really, really bad. And so around 5.30 or 6 o'clock, my feet started hurting. One of my, my left foot just started hurting. It started throbbing. You know, I could walk on it, but I kind of had a little hobble there as I was trying not to put too much weight on it. And the entire arch of my foot just it hurt really badly. And it's 6 o'clock. Now, Magic Kingdom is open until 6 o'clock a.m. This is 6 p.m. So I have 12 more hours of this. I have 12 hours of this, and it's pretty key that we're now at ride number 25 around 6 or 6.30, so that half the day is over, half the night is over, half the experience is over, and we are now halfway through the ride. But to come, we still have to do Pirates, we still have to do Jungle Cruise, we still have to do I mean, my, the Mine Trains coming up, we still have to do those rides, we have to go back over to Epcot and knock out some of those rides as well, so we knocked out everything in Animal Kingdom, so Joey and I are trucking along, and we're just munching and it's hot. It's it's you know it's it's Florida. It's May, so a little bit of sprinkle here and there, rain wise. I mean, I I drank probably about six or eight bottles of water at three dollars a pop. I just continually dr- just chug water the whole time. I didn't want to get dehydrated. I definitely didn't want to get stuck on dehydration because I wanted to make sure I was was okay. We munched along the way because we're it's time. Time is getting away from us. Time is the biggest challenge when it comes to any kind of vacation, especially when you are under a time crunch. So we head on back over to Epcot. We're now hitting ride number 26. Um, well, ride 26 actually was it's tough to be a bug at Animal Kingdom. Ride 27 was Journey into Imagination over at Epcot. 28 was Living with the Land. And 29 was The Seas with Nemo and Friends. And finally, 30 was Spaceship Earth. So we've done those. We're done with that now. We've knocked all the Epcot out. We've knocked all the Hollywood Studios out, Animal Kingdom out. It's probably, I don't know, 8 o'clock, maybe close to 9 o'clock. We've now knocked out three full parks and half the Magic Kingdom. Well, now it gets hard because we've got about seven to eight hours to knock out the rest of it. But the rest of it's going to be a challenge because we've got a lot of big stuff coming, including Mine Train. That's the kind of the, 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 the elephant in the room. That's kind of the big one looming over our shoulders. Okay, So ride number 31, Carousel of Progress. We did Carousel of Progress, which was also nice because it gave us a chance to relax for a minute, kind of recharge a little bit and get a little bit of rest, you know. One of the things we were going to do was the Liberty Bell Riverboat, and we were told by a cast member it was open till like 8 o'clock because of the special day, and we got there and found out it had closed at like 6. So we didn't get to do the riverboat. So that was out for us, so we were a little disappointed with that, but we replaced it with something else, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. Ride number 32 for us, Stitch's Great Escape, and then we went over and did new Fantasyland stuff. Peter Pan's Flight was 33. We did Small World at number 34. Number 35, the 35th ride for us was Enchanted Tales with 
with Bell. Uh, I think I got to be a knight, and Joey got to be something else, so we had a good time with that one. Uh, Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was number 36. Number 37 for us was The Jungle Cruise. Now, this is important because at this point in time, it's about 1 in the morning. So we're 13 rides away, 14 rides away, with about 5 hours left. Mine Train's coming. A lot of the small rides we have left are Pirates and Aladdin's Magic Carpet. You know, some of the things we think we can get knocked out pretty quickly. The Carousel is coming. Haunted Mansion's coming. Some of these are going to have a little bit of weight, but we think we're going to be able to do this. We're going to get in line for Mind Train around 5. And, you know, we know that once you're in line for the ride, they're going to let you ride it. Even if the park's closing, you know, that's one of the good things about Disney is even if you get there one minute before the park closes and get in line, they will let you ride. So it's really cool. So we're going to get in there around 5-ish or so, and if the ride takes us till 6.30, then so be it. Till 7, so be it. It's fine. Didn't think ahead to the fact it might close early. We'll get to that. Uh, Jungle Cruise was very unexpected because it took us literally two hours to Jungle Cruise, and this was a big deal for us because two hours was a massive chunk of time when we're trying to do what we're doing, and we're getting close. We can smell it. We are tired. My feet hurt. We're hungry. We're dehydrated. We have now gone basically 18, 19, 20 straight hours of doing nothing but riding attractions. We're at 37, and we get caught on the Jungle Cruise. For whatever reason, at 2 in the morning, this line was very, very, very long. Uh, I don't know if they didn't have enough boats out or it was just really popular, but it it, it stopped us in our tracks, basically. Uh, now, I don't regret it because the Jungle Cruise operator was amazing. He was one of the funniest ones I've ever been a part of. Matter of fact, he was the best Jungle Cruise op- skipper that I've ever ever experienced. Uh, his jokes were funny. He stopped it, like the opening spiel, he stopped in midway and he looked at somebody in the audi- in, 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 on the boat and told him they look like Indiana Jones. Then he starts singing the Indiana Jones song, Indiana Jones theme song, and then he said something about Miley Cyrus, and I said I knew Miley Cyrus, and so he and I sang a Miley Cyrus song together, and he just it was funny. Uh, one of the best best jokes I've ever heard. Now I've heard that this joke actually has been added to the the script, so you hear it here and there, but I had never heard it until this time. The hippo comes up, and he's got the gun, and he was like, "I hate guns, but I'm worried I'll get rid of the hippo." So he leans out of the boat and he yells to the hippo. I love you, and I'm ready for a relationship. And then he comes back, looks at us, and says, that gets him to run every single time. It was hilarious. It was one of the funniest things I've heard at a Disney park in forever. I mean, I'll always remember that Jungle Cruise ride. And even Joey told me, he said, you know, if you don't make it, that was worth it. I almost agreed with him just because it was funny, but I was like, no, we're going to make this. So we did that. We knocked out Aladdin's Magic Carpet, number 38. 39 was Pirates of the Caribbean, which surprisingly wasn't, wasn't that busy the the park had started to clear out a little bit there were people people going 24 hours but there were a lot of people that did not so it's one of those it's three in the morning and you haven't been there all day you're like why do i want to stay to the end of it because i'm not going to not going to be able to say i've done the whole 24 hours so let's just cut out of here so uh, the park was starting to clear out a little bit which is great match carpet 38 parts of caribbean 39 number 40 was Swiss Family Treehouse. Now, we did this. We just kind of went up the treehouse and down the treehouse, and we put this on the list, and this is an attraction. This is not a ride, but it's an attraction. A lot of steps, a lot of walking. you got to go up the steps and down the steps and up the steps and down the steps, and when your foot is hurt, it's not an easy thing to do. So that was one of the more challenging ones I had, but I decided, you know what? Let's just do it. Big Thunder was at number 41. We were able to knock it out without too long of a wait, actually, because, again, the park was starting to clear out by this time. Number 42 for us in line, Country Bear Jamboree. Love the Country Bears. So we did the Country Bear Jamboree. 43 was the Haunted Mansion. And about this time, it's probably getting 4 in the morning, maybe a little after that. So we got two hours to knock out the next seven attractions. Mine Train is right there, but we get wind, however... The mine train is closing. It is closed at 4. Okay, so it's getting close to 4 o'clock, and we have a decision to make. We can go jump in the mine train, get in line for that right before 4, 
and uh, do the mine train and probably have maybe 30 minutes or less to do the next seven attractions. Or we cancel out the mine train and we do our seven attractions. We replace the mine train with something, with anything we can find and knock out the 50. We chose to go ahead and do the second part. And we felt bad because on one hand, it's like you want to make sure that you're, you're giving this list credibility. And to do that, you want to make sure you get the big stuff. You don't want to just do all small stuff. You want to make sure you have the big stuff down. But we talked about it, and we considered we'd done Test Track. We had done Soarin'. We had done Star Tours and Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Space Mountain, uh, Expedition Everest, the Kilimanjaro Safaris. We had done A Chance of Tales with Bell, Peter Pan. These are all rides with very long lines. We'd done all of those. So we thought, you know what? If we miss this one, we miss this one. Our list is still very valid. We're going to go with it. So as I said, ride number 43 was the Haunted Mansion. Ride number 44 was uh, Under the Sea with the Little Mermaid, so we knocked that out real quick. Ride 45, Mickey's Magic, which is one of my favorite attractions. Of course, I was getting drowsy by then, so I can't promise you that I was awake for the whole time. Uh, 46 was Prince Charming's Carousel. Now, the end is in sight. We got three attractions left, 47, 48, 49, 50. Got four attractions left, hashtag mathing. And it's right there. There's not much left for us to do. We got to do the. We have to do uh, uh, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the TTA. We decided to save that kind of till last because that's a relaxing ride. We can do that real quick and everything. And and uh, you know we also got Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, which is a sit down attraction as well. But what do we replace Mine Train with? It's about five o'clock in the morning now, so we've got one hour left to knock out four attractions. That's 15 minutes an attraction. Two of these, the TTA and the Monsters Inc., are going to take about 10 to 15 minutes each. So we got to do something. So we decided to go ahead and meet Anna and Elsa. Now, we had not met them yet. I had not met Anna and Elsa. And remember, Frozen was only about two years old, maybe a year and a half old by then. Um, And it was massively popular. I mean, Anna and Elsa had long, 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 long lines. And this is back when they met at the Magic Kingdom. Now, of course, they're over in in, um, in Epcot. Maelstrom was closed at this time, I do believe. So that's why we didn't ride Maelstrom. Because they were building the Frozen Ride, and they were building the, the meet-and-greet summer house with uh, Anna and Elsa, so you could meet them. But here was Anna and Elsa there, so we decided, you know what? Let's meet Anna and Elsa. So we met Anna and Elsa, which was really, really cool. After that, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor at number 48. Number 49 for us on our list was Tomorrowland Transit Authority, and here we are at number 50. Joey and I kind of looked at each other, and we were like, what's left? What's left to do? Well, there's the Tiki Room, and I, I didn't know the Tiki Room was even open. He said, well, all we can do is try. We've got 49 down. We've got one attraction to ride, and there's really nothing left but the Tiki Room. So I'm hobbling along, and it's like, it's about 540, 545. And uh, I said, you know what? Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead to the Tiki Room and just text me and let me know if, if it's still open. So he runs ahead, and he sends me a text. It's open. So I'm hobbling along, and I finally get there, and we go in, and we sit down, and we do the Tiki Room. We watch the Tiki Birds and do their thing. And as we walk out, I look at my watch, and it's five. 51. We managed to knock out 50 attractions in 23 hours and 51 minutes. And I have the sheet, and I actually would put a, I will put a picture of it on the website. I have the sheet that documents everything that we did and kind of the corrections we made along the way. But it was one of the coolest, most fun things I've ever been a part of. It was just, it was awesome. It was really, really awesome to do and a lot of fun to do. Uh, so I would challenge you that if you're a Disney goer, if you're somebody who goes to Disney a whole heck of a lot, I would challenge you to, to make yourself a little thing like this. Do something like this. Have fun with your attractions. Don't just say, I'm going to ride the same attractions over and over and over. And if you're a family, I get that, especially with small children or maybe like like our family, have special needs in our family. Um, it's harder to do those things because you don't want to leave the spouse alone with the kid while you go have some fun. Although, you know, maybe take some time off. Say, you know what, I'm going to take an hour and go over here. You take an hour and go over there. We'll do individual things and come back together. We've done that before. Before too, hence me doing archery a couple of weeks ago when I was at Disney World in March. One of the things a lot of people talk about is is doing four parks in one day. Now, let me just say, 
And I don't want to jank on anybody doing four parks in one day, but it's not hard. If you've ever thought, I don't want to do that, that sounds exhausting, it's really not. It actually makes me laugh when I hear people talking about how, oh my gosh, we did four parks in one day, and then you hear somebody go, that's crazy, you must be exhausted. It's it's not hard. I mean, if you did, if you did two hours, two and a half hours in each park, and say 45 minutes of travel time, that's still... What four parks? That's five. That's ten hours. That's what third. That's maybe less. That's less than fourteen hours. And when you're considering parks open at seven or eight in the morning, they close at ten or eleven o'clock at night. You still got time to spare. Uh, I've done four parks in one day twice. I've even done four parks plus two water parks in one day, which is actually a little harder, but it's not hard. Now, if you do something like that, though, make yourself a challenge. Make yourself that you have to be in the park a certain amount of time per 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 park. Like I think when we did the four parks in one day or the six parks in one day, we said, you know, we're going to be in each park at least two hours and we're going to ride three major attractions per park. And then my friend Joey and I are the ones that did it, the six parks in one day, three major attractions in one park. I think we did this in 2013, and we actually had fast passes. This is back when they had the paper fast passes, and we were on an agent education program trip, which EP, which is kind of training for cast members, and they gave us extra fast passes. So, you know, we did three major attractions one day, and so I guess you could say it was cheating. I don't know that we used fast passes, but we had time to spare. We did, um, we did what's Hollywood Studios, and then Animal Kingdom. Uh, and then we went to Blizzard Beach and then Typhoon Lagoon with Epcot and we got into the Magic Kingdom at like eight o'clock with four hours to spare. So it's it's there's time. Uh, so I do encourage you do some do some stuff like that. Make it fun. Do some fun things. Put even with a family. Go on a scavenger hunt. Um, do the Kim Possible thing in Epcot. If you don't know what that is, that's a that's like a spy game. You get with a little flip cell phone and a little flip pager or whatever, and you get to go around World Showcase and find the spy things. And adults can do these things too. Do the Wilderness Explorers at Animal Kingdom, where you get like badges and stickers and stuff. And adults can do these things too. Uh, the the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Over in a Magic Kingdom where you get little collectible cards and you have cool technology where you wave it in front of a mirror and, and a screen pops up and you get to save the day from villains and stuff like that. So don't be afraid to do things like that. I really encourage you to do those things. And and if you want, you know, do a WDW 47. Try it out. Contact Parkeology and ask for the rules and do it. I would love to hear you guys do that. Magic on a dollar podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your stories. What have you done? What crazy thing have you done at Disney World that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. I would love to hear it. Love to hear your stories. So that's going to be your episode. Episode here, I thought it was kind of fun to share some share a story with you since this is now a uh, four year old uh, no, hashtag mathing. This is now a three year old story, which is kind of fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed kind of listening to me regale about our WW fifty and twenty four. Don't forget our show sponsored by Amy Campbell of MyResumeLady.com. Just a fantastic, fantastic young lady who does resumes and marketing and LinkedIn. And she has forgotten more about LinkedIn than I will personally ever know. And probably more than you'll ever know. Uh, contact her, amy at myresumelady.com or visit myresumelady.com and I'll have that on the website as well. What is this website that you speak of? Ah, it is magiconadollar.com. Still under construction. I'm still working some stuff out, so please don't t- contact me and say, oh my gosh, your website sucks. Still working on it. I've been working on it for a while, a little bit here and there, you know, and, uh, but it's coming together. But if you go to the podcast tab, you'll see the podcast previous episodes, all the show notes from everything on there, and I'm going to start putting some links up there as well so you can kind of see what's going on with the podcast and with the notes and maybe find an episode you want to listen to. You don't have to listen to everything. I'd love it, but you don't have to. But uh, go to iTunes, review the show. We love five five stars. It's the most magical stars amount possible. Um, Review the show. Subscribe to the show. You can also get it on Stitcher and Google Play. And you know what? Finally... 
tell a friend. Tell somebody about the show. Say, hey, you know what? I got a friend of mine or a friend of mine that I know on the radio now or I know him through a podcast now named Nivid Dollar and he does a Disney podcast and you should listen to it too. And when I post about it, don't be afraid to share it. I would love that. That would be fantastic. And finally, don't forget, you can also contact me for all your travel needs at magiconadollar.com. I would love to help you. Um, you can also email me. That is magiconadollar at gmail.com. And I'd love to talk about uh, your trip. So there we go. Uh, that is our show. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Hope you enjoyed it as well. My name is Dave. And don't forget to thank us. A-